Welcome to another edition of the CSC's Asian Heritage Month. My name is Philip Shum. I'm the Director of Listings Development uh, based in Toronto, Canada. Today, I'm here with Sean Kingsley, uh, who is based out in Vancouver. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've got probably one of the more interesting backgrounds uh, that I have uh, that that I've known of, uh, especially in, in conjunction with this uh, this platform that we're working on right now. Uh, so I I would like for you to just to go into it, introduce yourself, tell me what you're doing right now, and uh, you know how long have you been at this post now? Yeah, so my name is Sean Kingsley. Um, you know, since this is the Asian Heritage uh, Edition. I should uh, go into my family's background um, and then I'll, I'll finish off with kind of where I'm at. Um, but in regards to the industry, I've been working in the industry since uh, 2007, so uh, 15 years so far. Um, you know, I'm mostly focused on uh, marketing communications and financing uh, for junior resource companies. I've, I've, I've always focused on junior resource uh, mining listings. Um, it's 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 what I ha- have so much passion for, um, but yeah, um, a little bit about my family. You know, we came here to Vancouver in 1887. Uh, we're oh. one of the oldest. Uh, yeah, um, I think we actually have six generations right now. We have a large family here, um, but we originally came here uh, from uh, Canton, which is now Guangzhou. Um, it was a part of Hong Kong uh, before it became Guangzhou or it was called Canton. Uh, so it was a part of Hong Kong. And we came here during when uh, Canada was building the railroad, you know, they needed workers and they were importing a lot of the Chinese here to do all the work. Um, we didn't come, or my great, great grandfather and his brother did not come here to build the railroad. They actually came here as missionaries to teach uh, Jesus Christ to the workers. Um, so we actually were, we actually established the first Chinese church here in Victoria, BC, as well as Vancouver, BC, um, and which became the United Church. Um, but um, yeah, we got a lot of legacy. Uh, we've we've been we've been uh, you know contributing to society uh, here in not only BC but in Canada um, for over 130 years. We actually uh, some of my relatives actually fought um, fought tooth and nail to join uh, the Canadian Army uh, during World War II because. Um, you know, back then there was a lot of racism and, you know, separatism and, you know, in World War I, they weren't able to serve. Um, so in World War II, they really wanted to serve for Canada, you know, being a, a patriotic uh, individual or family here and wanting to give back uh, for freedoms and stuff. So it wasn't until the Japanese uh, attacked that, you know, uh, the allies, the allies needed um, people that look like um look like Japanese to be spies to go across, uh, you know, into enemy territory. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we've had many of our family members serve in, in the Canadian army since then. And even my, uh, uh, my late great uncle, my uncle, Dan, Dan Lee, um, he was selling poppies until he passed away, uh, at, I think at the age of 92 or 93, just a few years back. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely uh, a lot of lot of heritage here on the Chinese side for sure. And lastly, my positions 
my main focus is in dural metals. Um, you know, I strongly believe this is going to be a very special situation. It's in a very uh, historical area uh, called the Golden Triangle, which actually is the most mineral endowed district in the world, believe it or not, in this small area. And we got the largest land position as a junior explorer. Uh, we just closed a $11 million or $10 million financing uh, just recently and I'm um, helping out a few other uh, listings. Um, but I wear a lot of a lot of hats in this business. Uh, in order to be successful, you not only have to wear a lot of hats, but you also have to volunteer a lot of your time. So I uh, volunteer with the Association for Mineral Exploration for the last 10 or 12 years now, I think 10 years now. And uh, TTEM, which is uh, the Center of Training Excellence in Mining, which uh, kind of fast tracks uh, individuals uh, in uh, post-secondary that want to get into the mining industry. And mm -hmm. yeah, I host a bunch of networking events like Mining for Beer here in Vancouver. And we've got our Roundup event, which is about to happen at PDAC, which is probably one of the largest uh, networking receptions during our largest mining conference. So that's a little bit about me, but. No, it, and uh, for, for those that know Sean, everyone knows Sean is extremely well connected in the junior mining space. Uh, but is uh, quite a stalwart in terms of pro uh, promoting the uh, the industry, not just the companies he's working for specifically, but growth for the industry. So good on you, Sean. Uh, so I'm wondering if you can kind of walk walk viewers through how you actually got into this, into the space. Yeah, you know it's not easy, and even when I got in it, I had a lot of my friends from from elementary and high school ask me like. Like they had no idea because, you know, back in 2007, 2008, you know, uh, you know, I'm 38 now. So I was what, mid 20s, around 23, 24 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going, you know, everyone's out of uh, university and, and going into their careers. And th this career just kind of fell on my lap. Like I knew someone that worked in the business and I had no idea. I was I was green behind the ears. I didn't even know what a stock market was. Um, and literally, um, sat down with them for a couple hours and listened to everything, just absorbed it like a sponge. And yeah, he got me a job interview the next week. And um, now it's, it's, it's my passion. And I, you know, I, I know for a fact I'll, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, but once if you're willing and, and able and willing to put the time in and do the research and learn and grow within the industry, uh, there's a lot of opportunity, especially now there's not enough people coming work in this mining industry. So there's a lot of jobs out there. If, 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 if you're interested, just reach out to me. Yeah, no. And, and I, I think we've highlighted you as one of the kind of uh, uh, young faces in mining uh, in previous editions and stuff like that. And yeah, I understand that there is a bit of a shortage in terms of skilled labor and individuals that are choosing not to go into the, the whole mining exploration space because there are other alternatives that other individuals are looking to get into. Um, but uh, what would you say is the most exciting part of your job at this point? Oh, it's, it's, it's a thrill of discovery. You know, I work on the earlier spectrum of the mining cycle. You know, there's... You know, I'll give it to you guys real quick. You know, there's the incubation stage where you're creating a company, you're an entrepreneur, you have, you know, uh, uh, you're surrounded by people that um, have the wherewithal to to build a company and you'll go to the Canadian Securities Exchange and, and you know, propose that you'd like to have a company. That's that's the very start. 
Um, once you do that, you got to look for a project in the, in combination with that. But, you know, um, in those early, early stages, exploration is, is the highest risk part of the uh, mining cycle. But, you know, if you do make discoveries and, you know, you know, it's, it's just a thrill to be involved in exploration and discovery. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but, um, besides that, I think it's the community. You know, um, we get to travel around the world, uh, meeting investors and talking to the public about the benefits of mining. But the community that's around uh, in this space, it's it's like no other. It's your extended family and having that support, regardless if you're peers or if you're competitors or whatnot, like we all come together. And so, yeah, I have to say my answer is community for sure. Right. I, and I, I concur with that because uh, those that are in the small cap space uh, in Toronto and Vancouver, there's a sense of, yes, a sense of competition for investor dollars, but there's also a very collaborative uh, facet involved with uh, most of the participants. Um, so if you had uh, some words of advice for those who are looking to get into the industry, either for um, non-Asians or Asians, what would you say? Yeah, just in general, you know, pretty much um, there's like, like I said earlier, there's not enough uh, young people getting involved in this industry. So there's a lot of job opportunities and, you know, the, what it takes to go into this industry, you just have no idea. Like there's so many different occupations that you wouldn't even think are involved in mining. And so, you know, in one way or another, you know, regardless of your path, your career path, um, you may end up working in this industry. And once you get to know the industry, you're going to love it. Um, but for young uh, entrepreneurs or young, ambitious, um, you know, uh, people that love earth science, um, you know, love to explore, love to go out outdoors, like, like there's nothing like this industry um, being out there. So uh, my advice uh, for, for you young people watching this that want to get involved um, just make an effort, you know, reach out to people, um, go to these networking events, introduce yourself. Even if you're not going to school or you're not involved yet, tell them that you're interested in this, in this space. And we're more than welcome to, or we're, we're, we're still such an open book. Like we want to, you know, guide new people and mentor them and, you know, point them in the right direction and, you know, create a business card interested in, geology or interested in mining or, you know, interested in financing uh, or investor relations and bring these cards to these networking events or these, these conferences, introduce yourself to random strangers. You'd be surprised about the conversations that you can have with these people and exchange mm -hmm. cards, go back home, add them on LinkedIn. And because you never know where your first or your next job could come from, but um, it usually comes from the connections you've made already. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, the the follow up question to to this in terms of you know I, now that you've kind of explained your background is how do you think that your heritage has shaped who you are today? It's been tough to be honest. You know, um, being in this business, you know, I am 38 years old yet I look like I'm like still 25 when I first started this business 15 years ago, and you know, 15 years ago this the age demographic of the mining industry, it was all gray hair, regardless, you know, uh, um, predominantly male, but there were some very successful uh, female geologists and uh, industry uh, uh, individuals, and but everyone was gray hair. And so 
you know, me being this 25 year, year old Asian guy that nobody knows who or what they do. Um, that was tough. And it is still kind of tough. Like I go, I, I go to Europe, uh, you know, a handful of times a year. And I still talk to a lot of the aging demographic that are, uh, you know, fund managers, family offices, etc. And, you know, a lot of comments always come up during my travels about how young I look. But once, once, once I start talking to them, then they understand that, you know, like I get it. I understand it. I've been around a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how you build those relationships. But, you know, getting over that first impression is always the toughest. Um, but just keep at it. Because to be honest with you, Phil, and everyone watching, I am a true introvert. And I, I was an introvert for the first five years of my career. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I would literally go to conferences and grab people's two-pagers and fact sheets and presentations and any information I can get without looking at them in their eyes so they wouldn't start a conversation with me. And I would take all their stuff back to my office to try to make my stuff better. And it really wasn't until I started uh, getting involved in the associations and showing up to these networking events and, you know, starting Mining for Beer here in Vancouver that, you know, I started to come out of my shell and started to know the people in the industry. And now I'm pretty comfortable. But if you put me in a room with a bunch of strangers, I am, I am, I I am speechless. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I've seen you work the room quite a bit in the, in the past. So, uh, that's uh, that's kudos to you. Um, so in terms of like uh, your family, uh, you know, your your family initially came from Canton, as you mentioned, which is now Guangzhou. Are there any traditions that you're especially proud of or that things that you always may maintain uh, throughout uh, a yearly basis or anything like that? Yeah, you know, um it's a bit of a story. Um, it, it goes back to my great grandma. My great my great grandma was born here. Uh, I believe she wasn't the eldest, but she was eldest uh, female in her family. And I think she had 12 or 13 siblings. She was born here in 1910. And, you know, she's still, she's still around. And, you know, it's, it, she's turning 112, I think in July, but, oh my you know, gosh. always, amazing. yeah, yeah. She's one of the oldest, if not here in BC and Canada. Um, but every single year we'd have a birthday bash and, um, you know, pretty much you'll bring the whole family together because everyone else is off on their own, um, you know, driving their careers forward and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, having that, um, that event or celebrating her birthday, everyone is always special. She's a little older now and she's in a care home as of the last two years. So we do get together and visit as a family on the outside. So hopefully we can bring that back, but um, the story I wanted to share with you is, you know, when she was in grade school here in Vancouver, you know, because Vancouver is a young city comparable to, you know, anywhere in Ontario or Quebec. It's a, a very young city. So when, you know, when she was probably five or six years old in kindergarten in grade one, um, the teacher asked everyone to divide up into regions of the world where they're from. And, you know, we had an influx of, you know, a lot of farmers and stuff from, you know, Scotland, Ireland. Um, you know, we had, you know, Asian people come here. We had, we had, you know, we're a multicultural country and, you know, we opened up our country to develop it um, and bring uh, a wide range of uh, nationalities. So when a teacher asked her to everyone to separate into different uh, regions of the world, everyone went, went into their corners and stuff. But my great grandma, bless her soul, Mabel, um, just s- sat in the middle 
and she's all by herself. And everyone's like, no, no, you need to go over there to China. And she's like, no. And the teacher asked her, you know, yeah, you know, you're from China. You need to go to the, the you know, that group with Chinese. And she's like, no, I was born here. I'm, I'm Canadian. Right. Like, where's the Canadian part of the room? So, you know, always having that, that patriotism of being, you know, Canadian and being from here. So, you know, I've always held that, you know, the legacy and, you know, always, you know, doing right for, for our country and, you know, trying to make, you know, not a name per se, but more of a legacy. So going back to your first question, kind of what, you know, what drives me in, in my positions or being a part of this industry, you know, it's, it's about making a name for ourselves. It's not about the money because there is a lot of money to be made in this business, but if you're after the money, it's going to be short wins and there's always ebbs and flows in the market and stuff. And, you know, you won't last long in this business. If it's just money that's driving, you're going to jump around to different sectors, whatever's hot during that, you know, period of time. Um, but it's, it's, it's all about, you know, being a part of history essentially. And, you know, being a part of discoveries and making a name for ourselves in this industry um, that, that, that's what really drives me. And that, that's what makes me, makes me excited. And I guess that's, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if I, if I understand it, there are less, um, less discoveries now compared to a few years ago, like decades ago, uh, most of the good discoveries have been found already, but there's, they still exist. But having said that larger, larger mining companies do need access to, to uh, discovery so that they can buy up a lot of the junior markets and continue to add them from an uh, mergers and acquisition standpoint to bring uh, ongoing, um, you know, like uh, new, new or and or new opportunities for the larger companies and stuff like that. So that is an extremely important part of the industry itself. And um, so it's, it's, and it's, but it is, it is, it can be extremely challenging as well. Sorry to cut you off there, because actually that just brings a lot of opportunities. Like, you know, in this day and age, we have so much technology available to us, you know, different technology for different industries, yet we're applying them in this in this mining sector to actually make new discoveries. Like it's it's happening. And actually, I just want to share this because I think uh, just in general, uh, investors or the public should know this. But, you know, we've had less and less interest of, of investment or investors or a new uh, um, a new wave of investors in the mining industry. And that's only going to make uh, life more expensive for all of us. You know, um, as Phil was just saying, you know, we need more metals and minerals than ever before. And, you know, there's less and less being discovered. Well, when there's not enough money going into the exploration side of the industry, that means there's going to be less money going towards potential discoveries because there are discoveries happening. You just mm -hmm. got to be able, you got to drill. And if you're not drilling, like if you look at Newfoundland, uh, Newfoundland, like there's new discoveries happening because there hasn't been really much drilling going in the ground. It's just been prospecting on the surface. Um, so there is a lot of potential, but there's not enough money coming into uh, the business in terms of uh, financing and investments and stuff and interest. Um, so what's, what's going to really happen, you know, the supply and demand angle is if there's not enough money to make new discoveries, then there's going to be less and less metals and minerals available, which is just going to bring the price of those metals and minerals higher and higher. On, on the other hand, the deposits and, and, or bodies that weren't feasible at a certain stage and stuff, 
because of the rising prices of uh, metals and minerals, those will become more attractive to put into production. But if, if we don't find more discoveries, um, the prices of metals and minerals are just going to go higher and higher and higher. So, you know, you can play, you can play the trade there where, you know, gold, you know, everyone, a lot, some of the smartest people are saying gold's going to five or $10,000. It will happen if there's not enough interest and not enough money, money coming into this industry to make those discoveries. Um, that would be a true prophecy happening. And it's look at, look at commodity prices now, like they're, going to all-time highs and it's just building a base and that's going to happen more and more as as the generations or the decades ahead of us come along and it's going to be unfortunate for our next generation um but there's a lot of opportunity now for sure yeah uh so to kind of wrap this up so in terms of asian heritage month what does that what does that mean to you you know um to be honest (laughs) just like my grandma and my great grandma's story, like, like I'm, I'm Canadian. So, so I don't look at, you know, um, well, well, I'm half Chinese and half French. So, so I guess I'm, I'm a half or so I can only speak for half of myself, but you know, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what does it mean to me? Like, you know, like we're, like I said, we're in a multicultural country. Like we're welcoming, like we're all immigrants here. Like, so it doesn't really mean anything to me. Like my friends are all colors. Um, but it's nice to highlight some of the things because not only the, the the Chinese, but also the Indian have a long, you know, uh, legacy here, especially here in British Columbia. Like mm. I have friends and even in this business that have, you know, multiple generations, you know, hundred, you know, hundred plus years of history uh, locally that's, you know, I can kind of relate to. So it's just really nice to kind of share those stories, all the stories that, you know, um, just every every generation giving back to this country to grow so i guess that's what i get out of a yeah. heritage. <laughs> no I, and and i agree with that because it's really all, all all about diversity and being able to celebrate the, the diversity we have here in canada uh there's you're right a good if good amount if the majority of individuals right now um are from different parts of the world that is that that culture is obviously getting woven into the overall fabric of the Canadian uh, uh, diaspora and or the the Canadian uh, framework of uh, ethnicities, right? Uh, okay, so in terms of um, uh, getting in touch with you, how do how do people get in touch with you, and um, uh, and uh, is there anything else you'd like to address? Yeah, well, open invite first for the Ground Up Networking Reception. Uh, it's happening on the Sunday right before the PDAC, which is Canada's largest mining conference of, of the year. Um, so that's going to happen on Sunday at 3 p.m. Um, the CSE was a founding sponsor uh, of the event, and they've been always like family and always supportive. So thank you, CSE. You can find me anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm very transparent. Um, I'm open to networking with anyone because like i said earlier you don't know who you're going to do business with or who you're going to work with in the future so it's all about building your connections and relationships and um so you can find me on linkedin sean kingsley you can find me on twitter canuckaholic um you can find me on instagram on facebook um 
but yeah, any of the platforms, I'm, I'm totally happy to connect with people, especially uh, younger people that are interested in getting in this industry. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to kind of connect the connect the the stars or introduce you to some people or invite you to some of these networking events so you can start making relationships and connections. Uh, but definitely, uh, all you have to do is reach out. Always available. And you've got a website as well. Yeah, um, it needs some updating. So, but you can just search my name, Sean Kingsley, and you might be able to see my outdated website. Um, that needs to. Thanks for the reminder, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks a lot. Once again, it's uh, I'm here with Sean Kingsley. Um, my name is Philip Shum from the Canadian Securities Exchange. I'm the director of listings development in Toronto, Canada. And uh, this is a wrap for the uh, Asian Heritage Month. Uh, episode for the CSE. Thank you, Sean. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, CSE.